American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. What's going on, Q? What's up, Herb? What's going on? Hey, man, we got a good one today. The AFF Mm -hmm. podcast is available on all major platforms, including YouTube. Wherever you listen, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, and rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. Don't be a hater. Okay, so it's first down where we start fresh and kind of discuss what's on our minds, bringing us back because we're in the playoffs, but we got a, a little bit. It's not a we know who's playing in the championship, so there's no no drama to really unfold right now. So what do you got going, Q, outside of the Maple the Maple League stuff that we're about to get into? Oh, not much, man. You know, just uh, enjoying the last little bit of the summer. We just had a hurricane come through this way, so that was interesting. But, yeah, other than that, man, you know, just maintaining, chilling, enjoying <laughs> the summer weather in Florida. <laughs> well, for me, I'm really excited that the Maple League season is about to be over because I'm ready to get into college football, NFL football, my fantasy league. It's We're recording this on Sunday, and I woke up this morning and watched the Colorado – Buffaloes beat TCU, Deion Sanders' team. All them transfers they brought in, they beat TCU. I think TCU is ranked like number 14 in the nation or whatever. So college football is going to be crazy this year. I heard like the Pac-12 was good all of a sudden. So I'm excited about all that. That's what's going on with me is like football on the other side of the world is getting ready, getting started. And I'm super excited to get into that. But today we'll stick with Finland and get into these games. Okay, so let's talk about a few key performers from this last week. We didn't do like a MVP or anything because there's only two games, so it's a little tough to just give the MVP. But I do want to name a couple of people that were kind of outstanding. So if anything, these really are kind of like the MVPs of the weekend, but it's kind of like one person from each team that played. First up, Christian Powell, running back from Sinioki Crocodiles. Stat-wise, he had 25 attempts, 156 yards, two touchdowns, 6.2-yard average. If you watch the game, it just makes sense. The Crocodiles were going to go however Christian Powell went, and he did a really good job. (laughs) Christian Powell did an excellent job of kind of controlling the offense for the Crocodiles. I think their defense was, you know, they had to go through their own thing, but offensively, you could kind of see the game unfold. They were throwing the ball around a lot, and everybody was kind of touching the ball. But in that third quarter, it became Christian Powell's show. And that's when you really saw what the Crocodiles do best, and that's let him do his thing. And in this game, I mean, he just proved it again why he's one of the best, if not the best player in the Maple League. And he's been able to carry his team, and he helped lead them to another Maple Bowl appearance. What were your thoughts on CP's performance? I think it was a pretty good performance. I thought we were going to see him, you know, get somewhat of a heavy load. And and that's what you want to do coming into a game like that. You want him to touch the ball as much as possible to to make sure that, 
you know, he was productive. And uh, he was. They, even when they went to the uh, Wildcat, they ran a lot of the Wildcat with him. And just kind of switch it up on the defense, going against them. Somewhat a close game at a point. But then the Crocs, you know, start doing their thing late. And uh, they do, they wear down on people with all that running. And, you know, and it's not much you can do if you don't have any depth. And the Royals actually just been a problem all year with them having depth and, and trying to stop defenses from running the ball on them and they just couldn't do it and it was just it was just too much yeah that's cp for you and the next guy i have is from the other team i just i have to say something about this guy timothy morovic quarterback from the wasser royals i'm not putting out his passing stats he wasn't trying to throw the ball he had 14 attempts 85 yards a touchdown 5.8 average i don't really care about his stats it's just if you watch this game Early in this game, the Royals were in it because of number 13. Like, he just makes the right plays at the right time. And you have to know that he's also calling the plays on the field. He's deciding who's getting the ball out of him, Alpha, and Tom Swosti. And then he's running a read option where he has to read defenders as well. So, cerebrally, Morvik is doing a ton on the field. And then when he runs, he gets loose with it. Like he's out there breaking ankles, making people miss, outrunning guys. Like when he's running the ball, it's so effective because you have to respect him as well as everyone else they have. And it's just in this game, I really thought that they had a chance. I was like, if Timothy is able to keep this up, this is going to get crazy. And I do think like in the second half, I think it kind of wears on him a little bit to have to run so much being that he's kind of thinking of the plays and trying to figure out what's going on throughout the game. And I think that might have hindered what they could do offensively, but I, I really don't think it, it really mattered because their defense wasn't going to hold up. But I just want to say, like, in this game, I want to say the Royals, but more than anything, Timothy Morovic proved to me that he has a different gear in him to do great things in this sport. Like, the way that he played was – it was very short, nothing short of amazing to me. And I'm just really impressed with how he played in this game because I, I really thought that they were going to, you know, maybe even upset him for a little bit. I was really like, I was like, oh, man, okay, Royals, I'm with you. And it really was just based on what number 13 was doing. Like once there was times where he wasn't able to make the plays, there wasn't a lot that they had going on for him. No disrespect to anybody else that was, you know, carrying the load, but – if he if he would have had like you know a monster game, they would have won this game. But that's really that's putting a lot on his shoulders in this situation. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my thoughts. Did you have any thoughts on Tim? No, I, I mean he did what I expected him to do. Like I said, all years is not enough help, and they they had I mean offensively he gashed them a few times with his feet. Yep, but it's just it was just so hard when obviously the Crocs is keying on Alpha. They weren't really trying to get him much in the passing game. And then you got that defensive line always coming. So it's a quick game passing the ball. It's a quick game and then still trying to establish a run game. But Timothy did exactly what, what I expected him to do. He had he's never he hasn't been the problem this yeah. season with their offense and at end, you know what I mean? Like without him, he's that's a big part of their offense. Their offense is basically non existent yeah. without him doing his thing with his feet. So and not to mention the twenty rushing touchdowns, like that's that's crazy <laughs> for a quarterback that actually throws the ball too. So, but now Timothy, I just wish he had some more help 
more offense than he did this year because I think they would have. I, I think they could have still gave them a run for their money. I think they could have still made it a better game. I mean, their season probably would have been a little different with a little extra added help, though. So, but yeah, Tim's you know great year and just sometimes you know one one team got to lose and one team got to win and right just so happened that the home team playing at home you know on a mission was the winner you know but hats off to the Royals for even making it and, and doing what they did given the circumstances they had to deal with all year yeah and then the next guy on the list key performers I'm gonna go to the second game and I'm gonna go with wide receiver Lucas Erla from the Porvoo Butchers stat wise he had four receptions 64 yards a touchdown two kickoff returns 54 yards total he had a 30 five or 39 yarder that really like set them up early in the game number 10 was showing out and the stats don't show the few times that he was kind of open downfield and just didn't get connection with Gwinner. like he was getting open and he was making those four receptions i don't think those stats are accurate because he had to catch like eight balls the way i was watching the game but if those stats are correct those four receptions were all like important plays at key times in this game it seemed every time they needed a play it was number 10 that made it and just want to give Lucas his flowers today because it was impressive to see him kind of work more than just the long ball he caught a lot of like intermediate routes and caught it in different places where you needed him to make plays it was really good to see him do it and as a kick returner he did a really good job setting him up so that they would have a short fill on offense and I mean, it was a group effort from the from the butchers, but we'll talk about that later. But this week, Lucas Arela really stood out. And then the last guy I have on the list is from the other team, the Helsinki Roosters, wide receiver Johannes Jahainen. He had five receptions, a hundred yards, one touchdown. Similar to what I just said about Lucas for the Roosters, they were hitting big plays at all the right moments, and it all started with number eighty-eight. I think he scored the first touchdown, if I'm remembering correctly. It's really mm-hmm. hard. I didn't take notes on this game. But I think he scored that first touchdown, and then there was a few more catches where every time he caught the ball, it, like, moved the chains or put them in a better position to do something going down the field. And just wanted to say it was really good to see him out there. He played his butt off. And, I mean, unfortunately, it didn't help the team get the win, but – Similar to what we said about Timothy Morvick, it definitely wasn't Johannes's fault why that team didn't get the win. And we'll get into that later in the game when we talk about the games. So that's the key performance for this week. I don't think we'll put up like graphics or anything because we're getting ready for the Maple Bowl. But on this show, we'll let y'all know. Those are some of the top players from this weekend's games. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. All right, so we know who won the weekend's game. We know who's going to the Maple Bowl. But let's look back at these two playoff games that were played and decide who won or lost. First game, number one seed, Senior Crocodiles versus number four seed, Wasser Royals. Q, who won or lost this one to you? I think the Crocs won this game. 
fair and square. How you tell good teams is is uh, even if they're struggling offensively or not, offense isn't going as fast as they would like it to. They stick with what they do, and eventually it'll pay off. And I think that's the Crocs are good at that. I think they they just they weather the storm. You know what I mean? Like if it's not pretty, a lot of the games offensively don't be pretty, but it, they're effective. And I think the Crocs live off of that, and, and um, that's what happened in this game, and that's what gave them the win. I mean, they just they 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 did they took care of business when they needed to. Like I said, it wasn't the prettiest game, but it was enough for them to show, like, hey, they, they, we were in control of it. Well, we wasn't worried about it, and that's just what it was. Uh, I, I can't say the Royals. I mean, the Royals, the Royals lost the game, yeah, but I don't think anybody besides one person on our panel pick the Royals to win. So um, I think it kind of went the way that it, it probably should have. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I really liked the way the Royals played in this game. I mean, obviously it wasn't enough to get them to win, but it was one of those games where I didn't, like you said, we didn't really think they were going to win, but I did think they were keep it close and they did that for a while. I think what was really interesting was how they opened up the game. I'm looking at the the score summary now because I can't remember how long it took, but the first drive, they yes. spent six minutes with the ball to score the first mm-hmm. points of the game. And really, they keeping the Crocs off the field is always a, a great idea to me. And they, mm-hmm. they did that to start the game. And I was like, okay, well, they have a plan. They're driving the ball. Between, you know, Timothy, Tom – and Alpha, they were, you know, chopping them almost three or four yards at a time, just enough to get a first down after three plays. Well, if it was fourth and one, they go for it and they get just enough. And I mean, it was boring if you if you liked like high scoring, but it was obviously what they needed to do. And I think this was a game, and we've kind of alluded to it earlier that you knew they weren't gonna be able to do that the whole game. All the Crocs had to do was just wait wait until eventually that offense wasn't able to get enough plays, get first down, and the Crocs would eventually score on that defense because they just don't have enough to hold them for four quarters. That's really what happened. At halftime, what was it, 14-7 to Crocs, I think? Yeah. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was was close close at half. And then after that, it was 14-14 at one time, wasn't it? Or no, I'm looking at the thing. No, 14-21. That's when I thought I was like, okay. We still might have a ball game, and then, you know, that was that. That was in the third quarter. It was still 14-21. So it looked close, even in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter kind of got to the point where you're like, okay, the Royals' offense is gassed. They're not going to be able to do much more. And then the Crocodiles, you know, it became Christian Powell's show. You know, once you start feeding him, it's pretty much over for you. One thing that I really take away from this game is the Royals and – how that team was like put together and how they ran this season. It reminds me of if anyone knows anything about, you know, working in a a job in general, financially, the way that it goes is that your boss wants you to get a certain amount of work done in a certain amount of time. And it's worth a, a certain value. And the thing is, what every job, especially like retail jobs, what everyone says, like, you know, we don't have enough hours or we don't have enough people to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you're short man, but if you get the job done, it tells the company and the bosses that you don't need more people. And that's what the Royals did. 
the Royals did not have enough outside talent to win the Maple Bowl. Shoot, in our opinion, they really didn't have enough talent to get to the playoffs, but they did. So instead of we've said this all season, if they had a little bit more, a little bit more, but then it becomes how much juice you get out of your squeeze. Yeah, if they had a little yeah. bit, if if they had a, another receiver, we'd be talking about the the Royals as probably the number two seed, and then them going into the Maple Bowl. But they didn't. And for us, we're like, well, you know, they really missed opportunity. But if you look at it from the Royals team or organizational standpoint, I don't know who's running it. That's a win. You still made playoffs. You didn't have to bring in more talent, didn't have to spend more money. All your local players got to play. And you still can say that you're a playoff team. Yep. Which, like we said, going into it, you know, you can't ever count out the Royals. But it's one of those situations where if you work a job and – you tell your boss, like, I can't keep meeting these quotas, but then you keep meeting the quota. Why would they bring <laughs> in someone else? Because all, yeah, yeah. all that's going to do is cut into the profits. If if it takes three people to do it and you can do it with two, I just save money. And that's what the Royals did. And <laughs> at the ex- expense of Timothy Morovic, Alpha Jallo, and Tom Suosti, those three guys ran that team into the playoffs. They literally changed their entire offense and said, these three guys are going to get the ball and we're going to get to the playoffs. And then Alpha had to go and play on defense as well and do um, special teams. While Timothy is playing quarterback and having to run the ball instead of throwing it because every time he throws the ball, people drop the passes. And I've said that all season. Like you're looking at a team that this team, if they were to just even think about it, hey, let's bring this team back and bring in two more imports, two quality imports, not just two imports. They would be yeah. easily Maple Bowl better. contender. Yeah. Yeah. Be easily Maple Bowl contender, but that's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to just make playoffs, and they did. They made playoffs. They gave the Crocodiles a really good fight. And, again, I'm very – I don't want to say proud because, I, I mean, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> But I'm impressed, I guess is the word I want to use. I'm impressed with how the Royals played in this game, and I think they played really well. Like you said, stat-wise and even watching it, it was a little bit of a boring game because it was slow moving. Neither team was really trying to make, like, great strides. There wasn't anything tricky done. It's kind of like straightforward football, but it was good football. It wasn't a lot of, like, blatantly missed tackles or bad throws or turnovers or anything like that. Just two good teams playing football and the better team won. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, it wasn't quiet that whole time, huh? I was still recording. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but we're done here, right? Yeah, we're done. Bro. Do you love football? Do you enjoy the AFF podcast? Well, we need your help to keep this party going. If you think you can be an asset to our team, please contact us immediately about joining the AFF squad. Email all inquiries to AmericanFootballInFinland at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. Okay, so moving to the second game, Butchers played against the Roosters. We, I think everyone except for one person picked the Roosters, if I'm not mistaken, on the, on the pick them. So we were all wrong, but I was wearing my roost, my butcher's hat. So I think I might have had a little bit to do with why they won. 
But for you, Q, who won or lost this one? Man, um, I'm going to say the Butchers won it. You know, home game, they had their number the last time they played them. I think the Butchers is more focused on in this game. Defensively, they played great. Defensively, they played great. They kept Kittner from getting the big plays. But along with that, their offense and, and Gwinner, he always find a way, man, to, to put points on the board. Like, at the end of the day, even though we didn't pick them to necessarily win, their defense was, I mean, like a running faucet, basically, when it come down to stopping people. So I didn't think that they would play a game like this against the Roosters. I I, I thought the Roosters would come out with a little more intensity. Offensively, they, they just were dry in the second half of the game. So I'm giving it to the Butchers, man. The Butchers won the game. It was a home game. They knew what was at stake. They bent, but they didn't break, you know, and – when you come out at halftime and and can do what would do what they did, you got to be proud of them. You got to be happy about it. They earned it. They just wanted it more than the Roosters did, and they made enough plays to to get to where they need to be. And now they're in the Maple Bowl. So, yeah, the Butchers won it. Disagree with you wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. And I I have to just because first of all, the Butchers went. I mean, not the Butchers. The Roosters went up fourteen zero. Come on now. You don't go fourteen yep. zero and then never score for the rest of the game. <laughs> it's just one of them situations that I don't want to say that we've seen it from the Roosters. I don't feel like we have, but we have, right? Yeah. Last time they played the yep. Butchers, and they they gave the three score touchdown lead away in the third in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. seven minutes left. And I feel like I'm going to be talking about that. I mean, I'm going to try not to talk about it next season, but I probably will bring it up <laughs> week one or two or next time they ever play the Butchers. It just reminiscent of that is that this offense is really good that the Roosters have. And they were clicking. And like you said, you got to give respect to the Butchers defense. They play really good, much better than we've seen them before. But also you got to look at what the Roosters offense did. They regressed in the second half. They went away from what worked. They, I don't know, I didn't see the stats at halftime, but I could probably bet that most of their stats they have came from the first two quarters. Like, if they, it says right here they had 255 yards. They probably had 200 yards at halftime. And then after that, it was over. And for me, as good as any defense could be, that's never the defense that does that. A defense doesn't just all of a sudden in the middle of a game stop an offense from scoring. That's been able to move the ball at will pretty much. What happens is the offense starts shooting themselves in the foot. They start doing things that that didn't get them there in the first place. And then what, what I think the Roosters offense did worse than anything was they kept giving the Butchers chances. They kept giving them chances. And it's not its not like the Butcher's offense was just, you know, firing all cylinders. They got down there in the red zone late in the game. Uh, I don't remember if it was third or fourth quarter. But Roosters got the stop in the red zone. They got the stop. You're not losing the game. You can go down there and, you know, get ahead and win this game, and they do nothing with it. They end up punting from, like, I think he was in the end zone when he was punting the ball. They didn't do anything with that stop. So it didn't really do anything but delay the butchers eventually getting into the end zone. And that's one of those situations where you got to play compliment ball. I don't know what's what's going on with the Roosters offense, but 
when they get in that third and fourth quarter, they start regressing. Like, they don't know what to do when they have a lead, I guess. They're up 14-0. How do you not keep getting points on the board? I just feel like they lost this game more than the Butchers wanted. But all due respect to the Butchers for doing what you got to do. They did look much better than the Roosters in the second half. Mm -hmm. And that's just a testament to that team being the better team at this time of the season, which is good to see, which is really good to see. That, you know, the, the Butchers finally beat the, the Roosters. The Roosters won't be in the Maple Bowl. That's okay. I was kind of hoping to see the Butchers in the Maple Bowl anyways. I was I still was picking the Roosters, but you know. Well, it's been five years. How many years has it been? For the Butchers or for the Roosters? For the Roosters. Four years? Four years since they won. Since they won? They were in it like two or three years ago against the Steelers. Yeah, they, they, against the Steelers, yeah. Yeah, but now Porvu hasn't been in it since like 2008. Yeah, it's been a while for them. So this is good for them just to get in it in the first place. So those are both games. I don't really have any last thoughts on them. I think they were they were decent games. It was good to see all these teams play in the playoffs. I think we got the right teams in the playoffs. And good luck to them going forward for sure. I, I like that the Butchers won. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, we a little mix-up, man. Name-wise, Butchers and Crocs in the, in, in the Maple Bowl. It's been a long time. Yeah. Like you said, but since Porvo been in there, the Crocs been been there a few times. So they got a little more experience with, you know, coming up leading to what they're going to deal with. And not that it's like the NFL or anything, but it is a different it is a different week and di- different time to get ready for a game like this. Because before you know it, one thing I learned from the Maple Bowl, it's over before you know it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got all this prep time and, and, and you're getting ready and trying to figure out what the other team is going to do. And then next thing you know, it's third quarter and you either lose it or you win it. So to all the guys that, you know, did make congrats to the Crocs and congrats to the Butchers because we watched them try to build a team year after year to get to this point. Like I said, the Crocs have been there before, uh, but the Butchers, you know, they've, they've had some people come in there athletically and, and were probably better than some of the guys they got now. But the thing about coaching and putting the right players together, it's hard to do, but when you do do it, it pays off, and I think the Butchers yeah. finally made it happen. Like, they finally had all the pieces that they needed. And even though they're young at some spots, but it was enough to to get over all the rest of the teams so far. And, and it's a good match, I think, with how the Butchers and the Crops game ended the last time. I think this is a great rematch uh, for them because it's kind of like, yeah, y'all remember that last game, right? Like, you know, you slipped out of that one type of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. So it kind of give it a little, it give it a little extra oomph because the Butchers feel like they, you know, probably should have won that game. So, but yeah, shout out to them guys, man. And we had the Maple Bowl, man. These weeks flew by, and now we're here. Yeah, I just want to reiterate. I mean, we're talking Butchers Roosters, but we're tagging along anyways. That last time when the Crocs and the Butchers played, while I was wearing my Butchers hat, they won. It just happened mm. to be in the second half of the game. And I will be in Sinioki. I have a butcher's hat. I do not have a crocodile snapback hat. I'm a snapback hat type of guy. So if you're listening and, you know, you want to make sure that a certain team wins, you'll find me with that snapback, guys. Or I I don't think the crocodiles have one, but someone can probably make one, right? So, you know, get at me. Represent the community and buy us a coffee. 
AFF is run by volunteers who love the sport and want to give you the best coverage of it as possible. In true finished fashion, we love coffee and would appreciate any donation to help us buy a cup or two. You can donate online at buymeacoffee.com forward slash AFF23. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, Q? No, said everything I need to say, man. You know, good luck to the guys getting ready for the paper bowl. Yeah, same thing for me. I, I wish everybody nothing but the best and hope people get wins or losses, depending on who you are, right? But I'll be out there. Yeah. If you enjoy the show, please follow us and wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T I F. And we go. And we go. Almost for the last time. American Football in Finland. Attention business owners and entrepreneurs. Are you ready to connect with passionate American football enthusiasts in Finland? Look no further than the American Football in Finland podcast. With over 1,000 dedicated subscribers and an impressive 20,000 downloads, your message can reach a captive audience eager for your products or services. Take advantage of over 10,000 monthly social media impressions to boost your brand's visibility. Imagine the impact of your message resonating with this engaged community. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to increase brand awareness, drive traffic, and grow your business. Contact us today to secure your exclusive ad spot on the American Football in Finland podcast. Get ready to score big with your target audience.